Welcome to The First 10 Years, a career podcast focused on learning from our past to propel us into the future. I'm your host, Danielle Doolin. I'm a communications professional, career and finance writer, and a career changer. But most importantly, I'm fascinated by work and how it fits into the bigger picture of life. I love to ask questions and want to know everything there is to know about how to have a successful and fulfilling career. On the first 10 years podcast, I'll reflect on my career journey thus far and invite other professionals and experts into the conversation so we can learn together how to turn the first 10 years of our career into a foundation for our ideal future. Hello, and welcome back to the first 10 years podcast. This is episode five, and I'm back today for a solo episode. It's Thanksgiving week, and I'm grateful for so many things in my life. One of those being all of the lessons learned I've I've taken away so far in my career in those first 10 years. The genesis of this podcast was talking about the first 10 years of my career and how much change there's been and growth and having the opportunity to talk to other guests about their first 10 years and the lessons they've learned and what they've taken away and sharing some of their expertise. And these last few episodes, we've been able to hear from some awesome women about their early career experiences and what their expertise focuses on today. But today I wanted to dig into some of the lessons that I've learned. I know I recapped in episode one about my first 10 years and what that journey has looked like, but today I wanted to focus on some of those takeaways I've had since I've started my journey. I've had a lot of time for reflection as I've hit this milestone in my career, and I recently had the pleasure of writing about this experience for Fast Company. Um, So I'll be sure to link that article in the show notes. Uh, It's titled, You Don't Have to Climb the Career Ladder to Be Happy. Here's How to Find Satisfaction Early On. But the the premise of the article was the the lessons that I've learned during my first 10 years. Um, If you've listened to episode one, you know I went through so much change and growth. I changed careers. I walked out of college with a master's in accounting. I'm currently working in communications in the automotive industry. Um, huge change. I'm also a freelance writer, obviously a podcaster. So there's been a lot of things that I've taken away and I wanted to take a moment to reflect on those today. I'm asking all of my guests to do that when they come on. And I think it's only fair that I share some of the lessons that, that I've learned. So let's dig in. So the first lesson that I touch on in this article is the only constant is change. And this was something that was really difficult for me to accept and understand when I started my career. Um, I'm a lot more open to it now, but as someone who likes to plan and likes to be in control of the path that they're on, um, I had some, I had certain expectations when I walked into my career. I thought it was going to go a certain way. I had certain goals. I wanted to be a CPA. I thought I was going to get promoted. I thought I was going to stay at my current company, all of these things. And everything was completely uprooted after two years when I realized this is not the the path that I see myself on. This is not where I want to continue to go. And it felt so daunting and so overwhelming. I approached my career with all of these expectations 
But what I should have expected was that the the only constant I'd experienced throughout my career is change. Companies are going to change. Roles are going to change. Your interests are going to change throughout your years in your career as you grow as a person, as you evolve as a human being, and you decide to get married or start a family or you have different hobbies or interests. All of that is going to change. So it's so important to learn to be adaptable and to not only expect that there's going to change, but embrace that change and really lean into it because that's where you're going to to flourish. So I think a lot of this comes to fruition by keeping a growth mindset um, as it relates to your role, what you're currently doing, what path you might be on. Um, if I was stubborn enough to, to stay on the path that I thought I was going to be on, I might be a CPA today um, and very unhappy. So it's, it's okay that things are going to change. Expect that they're going to change. It's okay to change your plans, your goals, what you expected for your career and your life. Um, just know that change is constant. So just learn how to ebb and flow when that change that's inevitable um, shows up for you in your, your career and your life. Okay, so lesson number two. It's never too early to establish your support network. So when you're first starting in your career, you're, if you're coming out of high school or college, whatever that looks like, most of your network is your family and friends and classmates. That's just the natural network that's built in. It's the relationships that you've, you've formed and fostered throughout your previous years. But as the years pass, you're going to interact with so many new people throughout your career that you're working with, that are your clients, that are your managers, your peers, whatever that might be. And I think when you first start your career, it might seem like once you get that first job, I, I think people understand the importance of networking to get that first job. But then once they they get it and they land it, if they're happy and content in their role, they may not think about networking and building those relationships. But it's so important at every phase in your career. You need people that you can turn to for advice, people that you can reach out to to get their input to maybe if you're looking for a new role, maybe not now, but three, four years down the road, down the road, whatever that might be. There's so many people that we come into contact with and it can be very easy just to brush off that we don't need to keep relationships with them or we don't need to foster those because we're young and we don't, we're not looking for new things. We don't need that advice, or maybe we're still turning to our friends or family for that career input. But every person you come in contact with is a part of your network. And then it's up to you to figure out how you want to build those relationships and foster those throughout your career. And I think it's really important that we all need, I've heard this term used, and I think it's a great example of how this shows up, a personal board of directors. So we all have different people in our life, and I'm sure you you can think of these as I name some off, but you need that cheerleader. You need that person who's going to give you the positive encouragement. They're there in your corner. No matter what you do, they're always there for you. You need that person in certain scenarios. You need a truth teller, somebody who you can go to, and they're going to tell it like it is, and they're not going to sugarcoat anything for you. There's times when you need a coach. Maybe you need someone there to guide you and help you work through different scenarios and push you when you need to. Um, you need 
you just need different people for different scenarios. And throughout your career, you're going to naturally build those people, but you also need to make sure that you're fostering those relationships. And I know for me, a big part of networking, I think when people think networking, they think going to some networking event, it's really awkward. You're with all these people you don't know, you're wearing these name tags, all of that, but you can find a way to make it feel really authentic for you. A lot of the connections that I've formed have happened organically through work that I'm already doing or relationships that have kind of been pre-existing. So I have a lot of people I'd consider internet acquaintances. I've never met them in person, but we've we've fallen in the same circles. We've written for the same publications. We've connected on Instagram. We've DM'd, we've emailed, whatever that may be. But that has to be intentional. You can't just follow somebody and, and say that you're friends and you could reach out to them. You have to send that email say why you like their work, say why you want to connect and why it would be valuable. You have to to establish those initial um, relationships with people. And it can be done in a way that feels good to you. If you are following someone on social media or listening to their podcast or um, like their their articles that they've written, no one's going to say anything bad about someone reaching out to give them a compliment or to say, hey, I really like your work. I really have been following you. Um, would you be open to maybe an informal interview, a 15 minute coffee chat, something like that. There's ways that you can do it that feel more authentic to you. It doesn't have to be going into this really awkward situation or someplace that you're going to feel really uncomfortable. You can form your network however that works best for you, but make sure that you have those people. So it's not like you're in a place where you want to leave your job or maybe you get laid off or something and you're really looking for those people and they're nowhere to be found because you haven't built those relationships. You usually need people. You need to establish those relationships before you need those people. And it's just so crucial throughout your career to, um, to establish that support network. It's never too early. It's something that's constant throughout your career. So just make continue to make mental notes if there's someone that you're you're aspiring to, if there's someone that you really like their work, if you want them to mentor you, something like that, just start making note of that. It's never too early to to establish that that personal board of directors. Okay, lesson number 3. This is probably one of my favorites, and that is trust your gut. My gut has always steered me right. It's it's been such a guidepost for me and I think it seems very woo-woo if you think about it. Some people are like, "Oh, like what does your gut know? Um logic should outweigh what your intuition is telling you." But my belief on trusting your gut is that every experience we have in our lives serves as a data point. So whether you've made a difficult decision, whether you've made a right decision, a wrong decision, whether you've been uneasy, anything that you've encountered in your life serves as a data point. So when you have an initial gut reaction to something, that is your brain telling you, hey, we know how this has gone. We know how this is going to go because of all of these past experiences that we've had. Whether that's science, I truly don't know, but I believe that in my heart of hearts that your gut reaction usually isn't wrong. Um, And it can be really difficult. I know with myself, I'm someone who likes to look at the logical side of things. I like to look at the facts and all of the, the data and what I should do. But normally, if you, whenever I've listened to that, um, it hasn't really always gone the case. If that was the case, if I listened to the facts and what I should do, I would still be 
in accounting, I wouldn't have left my first job because I shouldn't have, because I had a master's in accounting and I was studying to be a CPA. I, that's not what I should have done. But my gut was telling me, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're not happy doing this. Let's try something else. And that can be really scary and really overwhelming. And it feels really illogical and it might not make sense to a lot of people, but I know from my personal experience, my gut hasn't steered me wrong. And at the end of the day, you have to make decisions that are best for you because you're the one that has to put your head on your pillow at night and be comfortable and content and sleep soundly with the decisions that you're making. Obviously, if you have a family or kids, anything else like that factor in the equation, there's some people that are going to be influenced by your decisions. But at the same time, you need to be happy and comfortable with the decisions that you're making. So oftentimes I found it's kind of best to tune out that noise and really use my gut as my guidepost to steer me along my career and my path. And so far it has served me right. And it's not logical. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't always factor into a pro con list when you're looking to make a decision, but I really don't think you can go wrong if you are trusting your gut. Okay, number four, the fourth lesson that I've learned in the first 10 years of my career. Get your money right, whatever that means for you. I think this is something that is not always talked about when it comes to careers. I think people talk about, oh, let's make, let's find a fulfilling career. Let's find what works for you. Let's get that promotion. Let's do X, Y, Z, whatever. But money is such a factor in the work that we're doing. That is why, honestly, we're all likely working because we need that paycheck. We need to have those means to afford our life. And for a lot of us, that might mean student loans coming out of college, credit card debt, car loans, mortgage payments, all of those things. So it's so important to make sure that you're factoring money into the equation throughout your first 10 years of your career. And if you're going to make decisions, make them calculated and make them thoughtfully. Don't just quit your job without an emergency fund and without a backup plan if you have all of these bills to pay. I think that's just not a smart decision to make. But you need to to understand what is going to serve you best and how you can do that financially. There's so many things that happen in the first 10 years of our career. So whether you went to college or not, but you might be getting married, you might be buying your first house, you might be buying your first big girl car, you might be saving for an investment of some sort. There's so many things. You might be starting a family. There's so many things that happen that we can't separate our career and our financial life. They are so intertwined because we have to work to make a living. So money is the reason most of us have careers because we need to get that paycheck and that income. And we need to really focus on determining what our financial priorities are, what our goals are, understanding our money and how to make that work for us. We need to be looking at our bank statements, our credit card statements, our making plans to get out of debt, making plans to save for retirement. Even though we are only in our 20s and we're young, the, the biggest thing you have when it comes to investing that's on your side is time. So start investing now, start saving, build that emergency fund, whatever that is to meet your goals, 
make sure that you're making that a part of the conversation. I just think that it's not always talked about. That was such a huge factor for me when I was making a career change. I came out of of college with, I went to school for five years. So I had $100,000 in student loan debt. It was insurmountable. It was just um, overwhelming. And I, I had to factor that into everything. I couldn't take different jobs if they didn't pay the bills. That just isn't how it worked. So I had to make sure that I could make ends meet. And eventually I got to a point where I had to take a huge pay cut to finally step into a creative field. When I went from working in resource management at an accounting firm to um, being a social media and marketing um, coordinator at a local agency here in Charlotte, I took a huge pay cut. I didn't have benefits. It was a very risky scenario, but it's one that I I mulled over and I, I ran the numbers and I was like, I can make this work for a finite period of time. And this is what I need to do to move on in my career and my career trajectory and where I want to go. So it made sense at the time, but I had the support of my husband. I had a backup plan. I, I knew I could do it, but it wasn't something that I probably could have done two years earlier or even a year earlier. It, it had to be something that was really thoughtful and mindful before I made a big decision like that, because that, that took a huge hit to my bank account and the progress I wanted to make towards my financial goals. But it was one that was in the end worth it for me. And I made sure that that money decision worked right for the path that I was on. So definitely get clear on what your financial priorities are, what goals are you working toward, and just make sure that's always a part of the conversation. Um, If you're fortunate enough to not have debt, to not have other factors, it might not be as important to you to to have money conversations if you're supported by a spouse or some other way. You might have a little bit more flexibility, but as someone who didn't necessarily have that and didn't have a fallback plan, that was so crucial to me to keep finances and money top of mind with everything that I was doing. So I think it's important to have that conversation and keep that keep that at the forefront of any decision that you're making, especially in those first 10 years, because it's really laying the foundation for what your financial future is going to look like. You can make changes down the road. You can build new habits. I 100% agree that, but agree with that. But you need to, it's, it's great if you can lay a solid foundation now, because it's only going to make the next 10, 20 years of your career even better. <clears throat> okay. Number five, lesson number five, there's no such thing as a linear career path. When I graduated from college and I had a full-time job and a five-year plan, I loved the absoluteness of it. It was concrete, it was linear, it was defined. I would study for my CPA exam, I'd get my CPA, I would be promoted after three years, after two two to three more years, I'd get promoted. It was very, very structured in professional services of this is what you have to do to get promoted and you just continue to move up, up, up. That's what I thought a career path was. I thought everything was like that. It just was completely black and white. There was no gray to be found. And the more that I've grown in my career and the more that I've learned, I've realized that real life is far from that because I felt like such a failure when I left accounting and was like, okay, well now what? Like my path is like completely thrown away. And in the grand, in the hindsight, it was two years ago that like I was in my career for two years and I made that change. That was like the perfect time to be making changes now in hindsight. But um, 
I, I thought I was completely straightened from the path. I was ruining my career. I didn't know what, what was going to come for me. I mean, but the more that I've learned, the more I've realized every career path is different and a career path is a path. And that path might go left, it might go right, it might go straight, up a hill, down a hill, reverse. There's so many avenues that it can take and every career path is going to look different. But I can guarantee you that it is not linear. Even for two people that are at face value, working the same job, having the same path, the way that they've gotten there is so different. So they might have started different things in college. They might have different financial support. They might have different priorities in their career. It's even at face value, two people that are doing the same thing don't have the same career path. It's it's so non-linear. It's anything but but linear. And I think that's we always hear corporate ladder. We hear terms like that and you in you're visually you think, okay, you're climbing up this ladder. You're you're going on the straight path. This is what it is. And that's just that's just not how it works. And instead of thinking as a career path as something that's linear and direct, um, I've heard the analogy before that that career paths are like a, a jungle gym, but I honestly think they're like the entire playground. Sometimes you move up, you're climbing a ladder. Sometimes you're going down a slide. Sometimes you're completely getting off one piece of equipment and you're moving to another. Um, careers are so, they're malleable. They require flexibility. And just like I said before, the only change is constant. You have to accept that you need to be flexible and open to different different roles and different career paths. And our careers now are so multidimensional. It's not, we're not in the days anymore where you get one job out of college and you stay at that job for 30 years and you retire and get a pension. That's just not the reality of the world that we're living in anymore. And we need to understand that career paths look so different for so many people. And to take that judgment away that they're, like I said, I thought I was a failure, but I was not. I did exactly what I needed to do. And there is no right and wrong career path. There's only what's best for you at the time when you're making informed decisions with the information that you have at hand. There, There's no right and wrong. It's just whatever is best for you. So there's no such thing as a linear career path. So let go of that expectation and whatever picture you have painted in your head, because you're about to be, your first 10 years are such a wild ride. I think, I, I feel like I've really found my footing now after 10 years, but knowing how much change has happened in those first 10 years, I can only imagine what the next 20, 30 years have in store for me for my career. But I feel like I'm more equipped now to, to understand how to navigate those changes. Okay, and then lesson number six, the final lesson that I covered in this article from Fast Company is having fun and being happy at work is okay. And that might be groundbreaking for some people. It might seem super simplistic, but you should be happy at work. You are allowed to enjoy what you're doing and not be miserable. I think there's a lot of stereotypes and you see it in movies and TV shows of people who hate work. They hate going to work. They dread it. They are just like, I have to go to work today, all of these things. And I've learned about myself that I love work and I love my career and it provides me with a level of joy and fulfillment that I can't get anywhere else. That's not to say I'm not fulfilled with my personal life. I'm not, I don't find it fulfilling to be a mom. I absolutely do, but it's different. And work provides me with that level of fulfillment. And I never thought, I remember when I was having conversations when I first wanted to leave 
accounting and I was straying off this path that everyone thought I was on. And I was like, I want to be, I'm not happy. Like that's all I, like what it boiled down to. I was like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I'm not sleeping. I'm stressed all the time. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not happy. And trying to live the next rest of my career in that state of unhappiness just was unfathomable to me. I was like, I cannot stay here and do this thing and be miserable. Like I refuse to accept it. And I think people thought I was out of my mind because they're like, well, it's just, it's work. Like work shouldn't be fun. Work shouldn't be enjoyable. And I just refused to accept that narrative. And the more I've grown in my career and learned more about me and had that self-awareness, I love work. And I've even learned and accepted this year that there's a lot of things that are considered work that are my hobbies. Like, I don't know how many people, and maybe they do, but like that start a podcast for fun because they want to learn about it. They want to grow. They want to see how to, to evolve in a new way. I've had a side hustle. I've been writing on the side in addition to my, my full-time job for the last seven, eight years. And that's something I enjoy doing. But for a lot of people, that's considered work. And especially if you are doing something and can get paid for it, they're like, well, that's, that's just more work now. That's not a hobby. But I've just accepted and embraced this year. I was like, my hobbies are work and that's what I enjoy doing. I am not somebody who is going to, like my husband, he loves golfing. He loves it. It's it's everything to him. And he does it every time, he can, any chance he can get. But I don't have a leisure hobby like that. And to him, it's not leisure. It's He's still trying to get better and improve. So he feels the way about golf that I feel about work. And I want to be better and I want to learn. And I'm reading professional development books and listening to podcasts and doing all of these things because I love it. And that's okay. This is your permission to enjoy your work and and be happy in your job and whatever you choose to do. We spend years and years of our life working, 20, 30, 40 years working, and to not enjoy that process and to enjoy that enjoy that journey just it, it's it doesn't I can't wrap my brain around it. I cannot for me I cannot live in a world where I'm not happy at work because I truly do love what I do. And that's not to say that I'm not exhausted some days or I'm not overwhelmed or stressed 100%, but the positives always outweigh the negatives for me. And it's something that that I love. And we just spend too much time at work to be miserable. And we owe it to ourselves to to find what feels good and do what's best for us and to to steer our career in a way of enjoyment and happiness and know that that's okay and that you need to like I said trust your gut you need to make changes and and do what's best for you at the end of the day because it's okay to have fun and it's okay to be happy and honestly it's I prefer that you do I I hope that we all have fun and enjoy what we're doing and can find that fulfillment in that way in our careers and our lives because it's just worth it. It's just, it's so much fun and it's so, it's so enjoyable to actually like what you do. Um, I've been in jobs that are not fun and stressful and I don't like and, and work that I don't like, but now being on the other side of it and loving my career, loving what I'm doing, it's just so much better. It makes it so much better to wake up every day and to, It doesn't feel like I'm going to work. And I still think it's funny when I talk to people and they're like, I have work or I have to go to work and they have all these like negative connotations with work. And I, 
I just can't relate. And I, I want to keep it that way as long as possible because I love work and I'm going to own that because that is, that is what it is. And that's who I am and I'm okay with it. So those are the six lessons that, that I've learned in the first 10 years of my career. Um, I'm sure there are so, so many more. Um, but I feel like those were the six that came top of mind for me first and really helped sum everything up. So just to give a quick recap, I'll go through the list again. Number one, the only constant is change. Number two, it's never too early to establish your support network. Number three, trust your gut. Number four, get your money right, whatever that means for you. Number five, there's no such thing as a linear career path. And number six, having fun and being happy at work is okay. I'll make sure to, to link that article that I wrote in Fast Company if you want to read more there or check out any other articles. But I've just, I've loved so much having these conversations with you. I am loving the feedback that I'm hearing. And I am just having a blast having these conversations with all of these, these smart and successful and driven women. We have so many great conversations in the pipeline. I cannot wait to share them with you. And I'm hoping that from your perspective, it's only getting better. And as I'm learning more about podcasting and, and what you guys want, um, I, I look forward to what the next weeks and months bring. So if you have any positive feedback or negative feedback, I'd love to hear that too. Um, shoot me an email at the first 10 years podcast at gmail.com. You can follow um, the podcast on Instagram at the first 10 years podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Daniel Doolin. Um, send me a DM. Let me know what you, you like, what you don't like. Um, if you could leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that is huge. I love to hear your feedback. I read every single one and it also helps other people find the podcast in their feeds. Um, if you love this podcast and you're enjoying the conversation, share it to your Instagram story. I'll be sure to reshare it and, and tag you um, in the post and that helps other people find these conversations. So thank you so much for listening. This really has been so much fun for me. I'm loving being able to share um, my insights that I have and to bring some fun conversations with some really inspiring women to the podcast. And I just look forward to um, what the next next couple episodes and what the rest of the year brings. So thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. Bye.